This is tape number 9011. Bob Mumford speaking on the subject, The Value of Tongues. As I was awakened this morning, waiting upon the Lord, uh, the Lord began to talk to me about teaching on the place and the value of speaking in tongues. And uh, as I said to the folks yesterday, this is the real issue. Uh, you can say, I believe in anything. You can say, I believe in the rapture, I believe, I believe, I believe everything. And the only thing you don't want to say is what? I speak in tongues. <laughs> now, you forgive me if I kid a little bit, because uh, this has really amazed me over the years as I've watched. The issue, really, the issue is, do you speak in tongues or don't you speak in tongues? Many, many, many of our friends believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they believe in all the gifts of the Spirit, and, and they say this, that speaking in tongues is, 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 is all right, at the right time and the right place. Of course, that never is, you know. There is never a right time, right place, but it's right for then, whatever that is. And so I'm amazed, as I've watched over the years, uh, watch this thing. Now, when I said to one of my Baptist friends, I said, uh, I said, how come you folks always talk about tongues? I said, because that's the only thing you ever ask us about. The issue, the question, the situation is always this. Now, I would like to make a categoric statement to begin with today that dis or uh, misuse and abuse is no reason for disuse. I have been and have experienced some of the most blatant, the most disgusting, the most revolting situations in places where people speak in tongues. This uh, often causes and desires for us to throw the whole thing out the window. But if we can today establish in your heart from the Word of God some issues and some value, many of the friends with whom I deal, they said, well, what good is speaking in tongues? Now, I have an Episcopalian grandmother and uh, her and I have tangled on several occasions in love, of course. We taught that yesterday, didn't we? But uh, she really gets an eye. I said, now, grandmother, let's just wait one minute. I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. She said, all right, what is it? I said, is it in the Bible? <coughs> well, uh, <coughs> yeah. <coughs> yes. <laughs> now, this is the first issue we have to settle. Is it in the Bible? Now, as much as you like it or don't like it, or whether you wish it wasn't there or not, it still is there. And it says they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Now, I did not choose tongues. I didn't choose that. If I was God, I would have chosen a ball of fire or a... You know, something more dramatic. I would have chosen something. I thought, well, any evidence that the power of the Holy Spirit has come into a man's life, I would choose something entirely different. But God chose tongues. And everybody said, 
<laughs> now this is the issue, you see, because when you say, you can say, I believe in everything, I believe in the scriptures, I believe in everything, and as soon as you start to say something about tongues, some people's hair goes right up on the back of their neck. Others get all excited, some afraid the devil's going to get them, and, uh, and a multitude, multitude of varied reasons. Now, today, or this afternoon, if we can, I would like to teach for a little while on the value and the place of speaking in tongues, and then we will, Lord willing, open it to a time of discussion and a time of questions, if we can do that. Now, I'd like to read some scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 14. We'd like to read, we'd like to read 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 1 through 5, and then we'll read a few verses toward the end of the chapter. <clears throat> Follow after agape, or love. Follow after love. That's what we were teaching yesterday. And, and, just as anyone talks about following love, we said yesterday, it's the most frustrating thing to love people and not be able to help them. But not only do we love people, but God has given us nine tools, nine ministries of the Holy Spirit, so not only can we love people, but we can help them because God has given us the tools. And these tools are spiritual Gifts, And you notice the gifts is in italics or should be in your Bible, and so there's reasons for that. But here, follow after love and desire the spiritual, but rather that ye may prophesy. Oh, isn't that interesting? For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, Howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. But, or I would, notice this, verse 5, I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesy. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret, that the church may receive edifying. Now, we want to skip over some of these. I wish we could read them. But let's read verse 18. I thank my God... Uh, that I speak with tongues more than you all. I think Paul must have been from Georgia, don't you? And he said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. But here we go. Yet in the church I had rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Now over to the last uh, verse 39 and 40. Verse 38 perhaps we should read. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy, and forbid not to speak with tongues. That's just in case anybody misinterpreted anything Paul was teaching, he summed it up with these words. Forbid not to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently 
and in order. Now let me begin at verse 40 and work backwards. May I? People always put the emphasis on decently in order, but I'd like to put the emphasis like this. Let all things be done. You see, most people put the emphasis on decently in order, but Paul said, please, let's get it done. Even if it's decently in order or whatever, let's get it done. Let all things be done. Decently and in order now is a relative term, and of course we must interpret that relative term from the Scriptures. Now, I do not have time today, I wish we did, to go back into all of the doctrinal implications of speaking in tongues. But I'd like to say just a few words from the Tower of Babel, if I may. Now, the word Babel, or Babel, however you pronounce it, the word Babel means we have a babbling idiot. And this word comes from a word which means confusion. And in, the, in, in Genesis chapter 11, they were all in one accord, the Bible says, and they were all in unity, and they were all unified with one purpose, against God. They had one unified purpose, and that was against God. And so God chose the strangest thing, but God chose to come and smite men in the realm of communication so that they could not communicate one with another. And suddenly one saying to the other, pass the bricks in Spanish. <laughs> and one was saying in, uh, in uh, some African dialects, and suddenly the whole thing is scattered, and they were disappointed, disillusioned, and the whole thing came to naught. And for, for thousands of years this thing existed. And God said, there's only one reason, there's only one basis that I'll ever let men come together again. God, I can't go into all this, maybe sometime will, but I'll just say this, God has seen to it that all men go their own way. All we like sheep have gone astray. This is what the Bible says. And they, God sees to it that he keeps men separated and even the atheists can't agree with each other. Is that right? The politicians can't agree with each other. The great society can't agree with each other. Nobody can agree with each other. And so God has chosen the means of communication to keep men apart. Now, in the day that he began to build his own kingdom, he chose something that amazed me because he chose the means of communication to begin to produce a unity in the church that can be produced no other way. Now, I'd like to say this, again, a categoric statement. I don't make too many of them, but I want just to lay these as premises. I would like to suggest to you today that a man who knows, one, uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and knows how to speak in other tongues and uses that experience scripturally and according to New Testament pattern, something will happen inside of him that will produce spiritual unity in the church and in the body of Christ. Now, I look for a long time for one of Paul's secrets. You know, every, uh, every young theology student, seminary student, always looks for Paul's secrets. You know, we always go back through the book of Acts and uh, we thumb through these things, we want to find Paul's secrets. Because if we can find Paul's secrets and we can know how he did it, then we can do it too. And so we go back through there and we look and look at, and it really interests me. But one day I think I found a little bit 
of one of Paul's secrets. I think I found it in the New Testament. And it says this. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. Now I'm saying to you, and I hope to substantiate it this afternoon, that this is one of the key secrets of the ministry of the Apostle Paul. So, Brother Mumford, what a statement. Well, let's see if we can substantiate that and see if we can find out some things of the value of speaking in tongues. Now, let's begin by saying this. Do you think God knew what he was doing? Do you? <laughs> now, if, he, if we think he knew what he was doing, he chose tongues. In Acts chapter 2, he chose tongues. And again, in 1 Corinthians 12, 13 and 14, this whole chapters are given, and in other instances. Now, the lady that translated the uh, Amplified New Testament, I forget her name, I wish I could remember it, the Lachman Foundation, however, she translated tongues, 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 till she got down to verse 18, where it says, I thank God that I speak with tongues more than you all, and she just couldn't bring herself to translate that same word there again. So she said, I thank God that I speak with languages more than you all. What does that show you, folk? Shows you a prejudice and a twisting and an inability to actually admit what the scriptures actually teach. And here I brought with me my Greek text, just in case anybody wants to know what these words are in the original. But here's what he says. I thank God that I speak with tongues more than you all. Now, over in chapter 14 and verse 5, will you underline these words for me, if you will, as we, as we begin to... Um, as we begin to understand this. Here we have in chapter 14 and verse 4. I would, you finish it for me, will you? That you all spoke with tongues. Now, I didn't write that. I'm not the one who tries to go around selling people on speaking in tongues. But if we can see what the Bible teaches concerning speaking in tongues, we may be able to elicit from this so three things now I want to establish in your mind. One, verse five. I would that you all spoke with tongues. Paul says this. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. And thirdly, forbid not, verse whatever it is, last verse in the chapter, verse 39, forbid not to speak with tongues. So here's three instances lest anybody misinterpret what is happening in, uh, in Paul's teaching in 1 Corinthians 14. Now, back in the garden, we have an instance where sin entered into the, into the um, human race. And it says, when God spoke to Adam, he said these words, If you eat of that fruit, ye shall surely, what? Die. This is the word. Now, people always talk about the fall of man. But this sort of bothers me a little bit because the fall of man gives us some idea that he, that he fell from something, and surely he did fall. But more than falling from anything, he died. He literally died. His spirit inside of him died. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, he said, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. And he goes all through the scripture speaking about the death that came. So death passed upon all men, Romans chapter 5. And so many, many scriptures teach us about death. Now, uh, David Duplessis tells about an oral surgeon, a man whom he was dealing with, 
who was, who was fighting, speaking in tongues. He said, I believe the Bible, I believe in healing, I believe in everything. They said, he said, do you really have to speak in tongues? And I, I, uh, I kid the Baptist a little bit. I said, can you get baptized in water without getting wet? I said, if you can get baptized in water without getting wet, then you can get baptized in the Holy Ghost without speaking in tongues. I mean, that's how I feel about it. I know others take issue with me, but this is, this is what we are hoping, if we can, to share with you a little bit. But so man died, and so he's in this, this oral surgeon's in his office, and, and a little girl about, oh, I don't know, something two, three years old, and she had never spoken. There was a string on her tongue. And, and she had never actually spoken, uh, and she always was tongue-tied, and she's always trying to say things. And, and finally, the mother discovered that there was this string on her tongue, took her to this surgeon, and the surgeon said, Oh, mother, it's a simple operation. All we do is clip this string on the tongue, and the little girl will be able to speak. So he gets her in the office, sprays the Novocaine on the... Uh, on the, uh, the, the um, pallet there and, and he clips this string and the little, little girl begins to talk and the Lord said to the surgeon that's what I'm trying to do to you now he said listen when we were dead in trespasses and sins God breathed upon us and we were regenerated by the Holy Ghost. And I said, Hallelujah! New life in Christ Jesus! I have been born again by the Holy Spirit. And we rejoice in this new life. And it is new life. And one of, was it, brother, who was it saying? Was it this morning or last night? I never knew the flowers could smell so good. <laughs> and I never knew the light, the, the, the beauty. And this was the same thing that happened in my own life. I was suddenly a new creature in Christ Jesus. I was alive I was vibrant but you know somehow I heard somebody speak in tongues I didn't know what it was but I knew it was God that's the only thing I knew so uh, as he clipped this little girl's tongue she began to speak and God said that's what I want to do for you you have been breathed upon by the Holy Spirit but your spirit has never learned to pray your spirit, your inner spirit, has never really learned how to pray. And this oral surgeon excused himself from the ladies that were there, went back into his back room, and he got down on his knees. He said, Dear Lord Jesus, if this is what you want to do to me, if you want to teach my spirit how to pray, then I'm a candidate. And so got down there, opened his heart, the Lord filled him with the Holy Ghost, and his spirit began to pray. All right? Now, uh, you see, when a man is born again... Now, Charles Wesley said it this way. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise. He felt that how many of you have gone into your prayer closet, wished you could say something to God and came out frustrated? <laughs> you didn't know how to say it. You didn't know what to say. You didn't know how to even express yourself to God except that God give you a language in the Spirit that you could pray. Now, here's what we're reading now in verse 14. Will you look over there with me for a moment? And this is what we're suggesting today. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with the understanding also. 
I will sing in the spirit or with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. And so here we have a situation that is described for us in the word of God that after a man has been born of the Holy Spirit, God comes upon him in the baptism of the Holy Spirit to give him a new language, a new ability to learn how for his spirit to pray, his human spirit to learn how his spirit can commune with God's spirit that we might receive something that is described for us in verse 4. Will you look at that with me, please? Here's what we're, we want to suggest to you. Verse 4. 1 Corinthians 14, 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue does what? Now, many expositors have suggested that that is selfish. They said, oh, Brother Mumford, when you pray in tongues, you're just trying to build yourself up. I said, what's wrong with that? <laughs> Is anybody here that doesn't need to be built up? Anybody here that's already arrived? You get up here and I'll sit down there. <laughs> anybody here that's already arrived? I, I, I kid you. Uh, you forgive, forgive me for picking on the Baptist, but you know, we have among our fundamental churches what we call the package deal. You get it all in one package with a ribbon around it. And I said, if you got it all, where is it all? <laughs> you know, get it all one package. I said, wonderful. But you see, here's where he's talking about building yourself up. He that speaks in another tongue builds himself up. Now, if I ever saw anything that was needed in the Christian church, it's the personal upbuilding of the individual members of the body of Christ. I meet them all the time. I, I met a man one time. He, I said, how are you doing? He said, fine, under the circumstances. I said, what are you doing under there? <laughs> God never expected us to be under the circumstances. Never. When the circumstances was on top of Jesus Christ, he never was under the circumstances. The Bible teaches us one victorious, triumphant, uh, dynamic Christian life. Now, the apostle had something that drove him. I used to say, God, what is it that that man had that would permit him to be stoned and rise up again and go back into the same town? Lord said, I'll tell you what he had. He understood praying in tongues. He not only preached it, but he practiced it. He said, I thank God that I spoke pray in tongues, speak in tongues more than you are because when you're praying in tongues your whole spirit is upbuilt and you're full of vitality. People say, oh, Brother Mumford, I'd like, to. oh, you've got such a wonderful spirit. I said, how are you? you? know where I got it? Speaking in tongues for two hours, come to the meeting. <laughs> Just praying, praying, praying in the spirit, praying in the spirit. Let that thing run. Let God's life. Now, here's what I, here's, here we're getting a little ahead of myself, but that's all right. Uh, I went out in the yard one day, and some of you have heard me share this, and you forgive me if I repeat, because you can't help but just make these things real and live in the Christian's life. But I went out in the yard one day to get a drink of water. And uh, there was a hose laying in the yard, a big long hose. It was a brand new hose. In fact, we had just purchased it that summer. And uh, so I, I turned this hose on and uh, I went to get a drink out of it. And I started to drink out of this hose and I almost died. It was, it had laid out there in that hot summer in that old plastic hose. 
And uh, I turned this on to get a drink, and it came into my mouth, and that, that polyethylene taste, you know. Oh, I thought, whew, you know, and I just about gagged, and I choked, and I turned this spigot on, and I let this thing run. Let it run, let it run. And the Lord said to me, Mumford, do you see an illustration? And I said, no, sir, I don't see anything. I'm a good disciple, you know. We never catch on till the third lesson. <laughs> but uh, I said, no, I don't see anything. The Lord said, you know, that's what you do to people. I said, what do you mean, Lord? He said, you know, when you get up in a meeting, for the first half an hour, you give them old Mumford water. <laughs> see, personality and, you know, and all the human, all the human. You just, you just let on run around. How many of you have heard your preacher say, oh, I'm just getting warmed up? He should have got warmed up at home. You see? And he said, now, listen, Mumford, if you learn to let your hose run before you get to church, when you get there, it will be fresh, clear, living water. How many of you have been fed with personalities? Let me see your hand. Come on. Come on. Let's fess up to it. Fed with human personalities. All that. Oh, I said, God, I'm so sick of that stuff. God, don't let me feed people with human things. Let me, Lord said, well, then there's only one way that you really can remain built up in your own spirit where you let your hose run. Just let your hose run. And you know something? I'm learning, brother. <laughs> I'm learning that, that there's plenty of it. Who said that this morning? He said, I learned that these guys had enough to share with everybody and have some left over, you know. People think if they pray in tongues, they're going to run out after a while. But, oh, the opposite is the truth, you see. Uh, and so you turn this hose on, and you let it run, and you let it run, and you let it run. First thing you know, there's clear cold. For Jesus said at John chapter 7, verse 39, Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, most of you have been in Pentecostal churches where it was rivers of muddy water. Where it was rivers of human water. Where it was rivers of... of taken up collections and you saw all of the error and you saw all of the, the mistakes and you saw all the things. You said, if that's what it is, I don't want to. Oh, see, that's not what it is. That's only because they haven't learned to let their hose run. And they've never come to that which is real and that which is live and fresh, cool, clear springs of living water flowing out. Now, as a, as a pastor, as a Christian worker, I, I, I've been into some bitter situations. I've come home frustrated and sick. I've come home with fears and resentments, and I've come home with all kinds of feelings in my heart against people and against things. And I, I travel 250 miles and, and preach for four hours, and they give you... $7.50 offering and I come home and, you know, and I thought, God, how can these things be? And you know something the Lord said? Now listen, Mumford, I have given you a gift. For the second half of this message, please stop your machine and turn your tape over. Teaching progress. That's exactly what he's doing. Now he said, it's no good for you to sit home and speak in tongues for 25 years. How many of you know there are people who have sat home for 25 years, they spoke in tongues, and it hasn't done them any good? 
That's true. I meet them all the time. They just sit home, and I say, well, so Brother Mumford, oh, you should have been here in 1929. Oh, brother, we had this experience way back when. I said, what's it done for you? So you, how many of you have heard this accusation? You Pentecostals and your power. If you've got power, where is it? I swallow. I said, uh, well, it's, um, uh, it's, uh, uh, well, um, uh, uh, you'll have to wait till I get prayed up. So Brother Mumford, this lady's dying with a heart attack. Could you pray for her? I said, well, you have to wait till I go home fast three meals. Oh, no. Prayed up outflowing, constantly build up in my spirit that the Lord might make demands, might make an outflow. Anytime, anywhere, there's an outflowing of the Holy Spirit. But we must learn to grow in the Spirit. We begin by speaking in tongues. We begin by, we learn, then we move into the realm of prophecy. Then we move into the words of wisdom and knowledge. Now, we cannot tear these gifts apart because many words of knowledge come through prophecy and they're all intermingled and maybe we'll get a chance sometime to teach on the interrelation of the gifts of the Spirit. But they're all in there, intertwined, interdependent, one upon the other, that they function in this realm outworking because of they are all dependent on our getting the freedom, the initial freedom, to pray out and learn to pray forth in other tongues. Now, I'd like to say a couple words about, about singing in the Spirit. Now, one of the things that I have found over the years, uh, as far as getting people to move into this realm, very, very simply, is singing in the Spirit. Uh, singing in the Spirit is one of the most, the most easiest and the most uncomplicated way of learning how to give utterance, to learn how to prophesy, to learn how to move into the other realms and ministries of the Holy Spirit, singing in the Spirit. Now, you have heard a little bit here in this meeting. You've heard some people, perhaps you've been uh, uh, next to someone. We had the reporter come to our church from the Wilmington paper. I didn't know she was in the meeting I wish I had have known, but it's best that I didn't know she was there. Because one of the boys that was ministering, Bob Bartlett from Teen Challenge, was doing the ministering. And, uh, and he said, he was reading a, an article, and he said, all newspaper reporters are unregenerate. <laughs> and here she's sitting out in the back. I didn't know who she was. But uh, in the paper, she said this. She said, uh, the headlines across the paper was, hear the faithful speak with tongues. Well, that's really an advertisement, I'll tell you. And everybody read about this in Wilmington. And uh, the first paragraph read like this. On Saturday evening, a young minister from Teen Challenge got all of the people at the Wilmington Gospel Temple worked up to the speaking in tongues stage. <laughs> and I started to laugh. Uh, is there, uh, how many of you know you have to get worked up to speak in tongues? Do you have to get worked up to speak in tongues? I speak in tongues anytime, anywhere. I, I, I go fishing with Costa Dare. Some of you know him. And he's the only guy who can catch trout and speak in tongues at the same time. <laughs> I pray in tongues everywhere. I pray and worship the Lord everywhere, anywhere that I am. I've learned how to worship and walk in the Spirit continually wherever we might be. But singing in the Spirit 
is, is one of the easiest and one of the most gentle ways of learning how to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I've seen many people just get their little boat floating, just get their little boat floating by the time when there was singing in the Spirit, beginning to worship and pray in tongues. I'd say, all right, now let's all begin to sing and worship in the Spirit. You need to be taught how to worship in the Spirit. And if you will, just get your little boat floating. You remember when Jesus said, launch out into the deep? <laughs> and they said, no, sir, Lord, we're staying right here by the shore because if this boat sinks, we want to be right here. <laughs> and many people refuse to, to move out in this dimension because if, if this is, isn't God, they want to be close to the shore. Uh, how many of you know why the Lord said to the man, pick up your bed and walk? Because if he didn't get healed, he could get back in it. Right? <laughs> isn't, isn't that right? You see? And this is what... So we want to stay real close to the shore so that if this thing doesn't work, we can get back in. We can get back in our bed. We can get back in our church. We can get back in whatever. We don't want to get out here too far. Now, Paul said this. Singing to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. <laughs> And he said, I pray in the Spirit, and I sing in the Spirit. I pray with my understanding, I pray with my spirit. Now, one of the great joys in the Christian walk is learning how to sing in the Spirit. I would today that we could just have a time of laying on of hands, or, or somehow that God would direct us here in the closing of this service, that maybe we could teach you a little bit of what it means to learn how to sing out in the Spirit. Singing in tongues, singing to the Lord in songs and hymns and spiritual songs. There is nothing, I don't think, that will liberate an old, cold, dried-up, dead spirit any faster than learning how to sing in the Spirit. Learning how to sing and worship the Lord in other tongues. I've heard uh, when I was in when I was in Bible school, Bible college, we had a we had a, a pageant one time. The Holy Spirit was moving in the meeting, and uh, there came tongues in interpretation. They said, "Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and the King of Glory shall come in." And one young lady got up, walked back, opened the back doors, and walked in with with the power and the presence of the Lord and it seemed like she was walking right in with the Lord Jesus right on her arm and the glory of God filled us and suddenly the girls about eight or ten maybe twelve of the girls began to sing in the spirit in unison I never heard anything like it in my life they all began to sing in tongues the same tongues the same tune at the same time and I was thrilled. That, and like, who was it said something crawling under my skin? Well, the, the hair went up on the back of my neck. And I said, woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. I thought, this is... And then several of the men began to interpret one after another. And the Lord put on for us the whole pageant of the suffering, crucifixion, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ through tongues and interpretation. Here the whole thing was laid out for us in the Holy Spirit. Never be the same again. Never be the same again. Why? Because of learning how to sing and worship in the Spirit.